As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of thesaintsnation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the bank. L-B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's going to get his horse to Now here's your host, Ralph Malbro. ¿Por qué tuvieron que perder? ¿Por qué? Tuvieron que perder. Kenny Hill no sirve para nada. Luego, para esto, perdieron el juego. Muy mal. Muy, muy mal. Oh, and oh, the, the fucking... Oh, those two. Oh, he was. He was like a middle-aged man with Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. They need to take it down to the Red Roof Inn, get themselves a lucky dog, and be done with it. Well, if you download this podcast, which a lot of you do on a regular basis, you probably understand that that woman in Spanish melting down in Spanish and English was my lovely wife, um, who had a couple of issues with the Dolphins. And I'm just going to quote her when, when Philbin refused to go for it on like fourth and one in the second quarter. She called him a fucking pussy. <laughs> and, and her team was 3-0 and for like the first time in like 15 years. She was not having any of it. Um, by the third quarter, she was openly pining for Dan Marino. Uh, so I mean, she had to know this was coming. Yeah, but Dave, the thing was, I thought for the first quarter and a half, I thought the Dolphins looked really good. I thought they even outcoached the Saints a little bit. They ran the read option, caught the Saints nap a little bit. I thought they were really ready to play. And then they fucking self-destructed, and it was, it was you know, by end of the end of the second quarter, he throws the pick. It's twenty-one ten. It's at that point, it was done. But up hey, to real, that- hey, real quick, real quick, off topic. If you uh, if you're if you're on the internet right now listening to this podcast, go on YouTube <laughs> and 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 put put search term Dan Marino goes nuts or Dan Marino loses it. It's when he's in like the not the Fox studio or the HBO studios, I guess. And he tries to say something, and he fumbles his words, and he just loses it and pounds the desk like as hard as he can. And all his co-hosts are like, "Jeez, Dan, calm down." And he just <laughs> he just like punches the desk like five times. So anyway, continue. The end, Dan Marino at the end was like a petulant asshole because he didn't have the talent anymore. <laughs> at the end. Well, yeah, but the man comes off like he's been a petulant asshole since college, man. Yeah, but you're not much. a petulant asshole when you're throwing for five thousand yards and 50 touchdowns you're just demanding he's a he's a football player from pennsylvania it comes <laughs> from the territory it goes with the territory <laughs> we, have so, we, we have so much to talk about with this game uh andrew i'm gonna start with my new favorite twitter person ever junior galette who not only um trolls fans and get in the fight he got into a big old brawl with the dolphins richie incognito after the game, um, you take it from there. Yeah, well, you know, our favorite Twitter guy, hashtag body bag, um, decided to seek out one of the Dolphins players' tweets, Richie Incognito, after the game, uh, tweeted something to the effect, you know, your your token trite uh, tweet from a football player after a loss of, got to get better, got to go back to work, we won't let you down, fans, blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, Galette retweets it and then, you know, gives his kind of all in all caps, ha 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 ha's, and uh, then proceeds to remind him how terrible the offensive line is and that he wishes the Saints could play the Dolphins multiple times a year because um, he thoroughly enjoyed the sack fest. Um, And then, you know, throws in, you know, your garden variety hashtag body bag, you know, for good measure. Um, 
And I actually had an argument with a couple people on Twitter about this today. I don't love it. I, I don't feel – I know most of you do. I definitely think it's highly entertaining um, from our vantage point. But from from a team standpoint, when you've got you've got to focus on the next week, the next game, you got to hunker down, you're on a short week, um, and you're still running your mouth on Twitter, and, and it just causes distractions. And now the media is going to ask him about – about it the media is going to ask his teammates about it and it's just going to cause this this issue in the locker room it's going to piss off Sean Payton it's going to need to be addressed and it's just it's just stuff that this, this team doesn't need they're 4-0 things are going really well right now and there's just no need to throw salt on an open wound so you know I guess the Dolphins were talking a lot of trash down 25 in the Superdome and that's what set them off um, but I feel like you know I the, the Saints I mean they've gotten this far um, you know, in, in Sean Payton's era, if you will, the, the guys, it's a high character locker room. And I just feel like that wasn't in keeping with how we roll. Kevin, yeah, I feel like Junior Gallette is like the guy who the the money and the fame doesn't change him. It just brings out all his characteristics that he had before. It's just going to amplify them more. Yep. Kevin, I don't think this is going to stop. I think this nonsense is going to get better and better and better, and it's going to be a gold mine for me and you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I've got. I mean, seriously, I have nothing else. I have nothing else to add. Every. I mean, seriously, everything this guy's saying on Twitter, it's 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 just fucking gems. Now, <laughs> obviously, obviously, in the mature, we don't we want to avoid bulletin board material sense. Wow, wow, wow. Right. Everything Juge <laughs> says, all of Juge's criticisms and worries are 100% valid. Nobody wants a distraction. Nobody wants to provide bulletin board material. Nobody wants Target. All that stuff. That being said, everybody fucking says that, and that's what you want. So when somebody just goes in the opposite fucking direction, and I don't just mean a few degrees off course. I'm talking a total 180. You almost, I mean, you have to tip your hat at the brazenness of it. You have to. It's utterly yeah, but ridiculous. I guess, I, guess that's my, I guess that's my point, Kevin, is we know this happens on the field. We know it happens in the locker room. I mean, that, it happens pretty much nonstop in the league. It's not like I'm blind to the fact that um, this goes on the entire time they're playing the game and, and sometimes afterwards. My main, my main issue is inviting guys like Mike Florio and Jeff Duncan to the party. Uh, Mike, Flo- Mike Florio and Jeff Duncan and Pete Prisco and the like, Pete, those exactly. are the guys, those are the guys that show up to the fucking party anyway, whether they got the message or not. And they'll act like, oh, yeah, Kurt's cu- Kurt's pal, Steve, you know him? Well, not Steve himself, but one of Steve's buddies that heard about the party was making a remark in the bathroom and we were in there washing our hands and we overheard it. So we were like, well, shit, I must be invited then. So they show up to the fucking party and immediately just bog everybody down with just acting like either, like like they just act like a fucking buzzkill or they act like a narc. And then when you call them out for it, like I was doing last night with Prisco, Prisco, yeah, he gets all like, well, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I, I recognize good team. No, you don't. You don't fucking. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Recognize good play, you shithead. When Drew Brees was fucking laying it down. <laughs> oh, fuck, he was laying it down last night. When Brees was fucking setting records and mowing guys down left and right on defense, it was, oh, it's classless. How dare they? Uh, him and Sean Payton. Uh. Now it's, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham is a phenomenal specimen. 
Did you know he used to play football? Ah, fuck <laughs> off, Prisco. You can did, fuck right off. And so Florio and Prisco and Jeff Duncan, they already invite themselves to the party. They're already going to complain, and they're all going to be like, guys, I don't, I don't think you should have that beer. I don't think you should do a keg stand. What if an adult's here? Ah, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Kevin, Kevin does have a point on that one. I have like, and and here's the thing. I'm not saying I'm not saying Juge doesn't fucking recognize this. I'm not, I'm not I'm not at all trying to impugn the the good standing and moral character of one Andrew Juge. I'm I'm I know Juge knows all this shit. I'm just saying it's fucking great when a guy just says, you know what? I'm not gonna drive. Uh, I'm not gonna drive the 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 racetrack here in the direction that you all think I should. I'm going to drive against traffic and you guys can just react around me and fuck it. Whatever. Dave, about the actual game. Yes. uh, About the actual game. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Breeze was spectacular. Mm-hmm, yes, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the line blocked better, and, and Breeze didn't get uh, didn't whoa, have one whoa, of those whoa, kill gonna, shots. Well, hold on, I'm 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 gonna stop you there. Yep. I'm gonna <laughs> need you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to be more specific when you when you're saying that the line was blocking better. I mean, were they blocking? Better, did you think in the running game, the passing game, what? Well, I th- that. in the passing game, I didn't. They didn't okay. have for the first time in three weeks. They didn't have a play where I thought. Breeze might not get up. I think yeah. he was just saying they took more beta blockers. That too. Um, but here's the, here's the thing, Dave. Yeah. This pass offense is so awesome with Green, Graham and Sproles and all that. I don't think the Saints the rest of the year are going to get out of the bottom seven or eight as far as running the, running the football. And I don't think it matters. No. I agree with you. I agree you agree with you uh, on on both points. I mean, I just think that the offensive line. Uh, you're right. They did a better job pass blocking, especially in the second half. I would say, um, not great, but uh, still good enough. And they're still they still do a damn good job uh, on the screen passes, uh, which is great. That's the Saints' bit, bread and butter. Um, but uh, the run blocking is just uh, really, really, really bad. And uh, I mean. You know, we all ragged on Mark Ingram at the beginning of the season, and yeah, I mean, I think a lot. He's of in it, discount bin at black and gold. He he's is, done. Well, he, yeah, I mean, I he. He's been some shipped of it to was, Walmart some, next. Some, some of it was uh, was definitely on Ingram, but you know, I mean, like last night, um, Kyrie Robinson had one big run, I think, for like 18 yards or something like that. But if you took out that one big run, I mean, everything else is very pedestrian. Pierre Thomas, ugh, he had like four carries for like a yard. Um, you're talking about a quarter of a yard average for the game. Uh, I mean, <laughs> could you imagine if Ingram did that in a game? Could you imagine the meltdown the next day if Ingram ran the ball for four times for a yard? Uh, but but because Ingram was the lightning rod that he was, I mean, he, he caught hell for that. The point is, is that really it's the offensive line, I think, that 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 the Saints are having so much trouble running the ball. You know, Ben Grubbs gets blown up fairly regularly. It seems like he's always in the backfield. Um, and I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, they're just not really doing a very good job run blocking. And I think everybody realizes that. I think everybody recognizes that. I think the coaches know that. And uh, it's a pa- they're a pass-first team, always have been, always will be. And I, I think that um, they really view running – uh, you know, just as something that they have to do. You know, if they they only because they can't pass it every down. Well, uh, and uh, and I think you're yeah, and I think it doesn't really matter it, it, if if the Saints can continue like they have last night, and if they can dominate with only having a passing game, uh, more power to them. The only problem is is that's not going to be the case. What are you going to do when you go to Seattle? You're not going to well, be able to pass on Seattle like you passed on the Dolphins or the Buccaneers or any of those other teams. You're going to have to start running the goddamn football. And if you want to start running the goddamn football, they have the running backs. They don't have the offensive line. And it's going to kill them. A- Andrew. You've got to get better. <laughs> Andrew, what – get to the – we're talking about the offensive line, and that's negative. But I want you to address the offensive line, the struggles at center and guard. But I also want you to explain to me – what can teams try to do to stop as 
Uh, Kevin calls him uh, – what do you call him? Shit king of fuck mountain? Jim. No, 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 no. I call Jimmy Graham king shit of fuck mountain. I also call him the grambler. I also call him Gramblor. Uh, yeah, those are the three na- nicknames I remember off the top of my head. Andrew and Gramblor, meaning the difference between those names is just one vowel. Andrew. What? Yeah, but there's a big difference. I mean, there's a difference right there. I mean, Gramblor, <laughs> like, like the Grambler is. Yeah, what nerdy ass yeah. reference is this gonna be? Well, <laughs> dude, the gam- dude, the fucking gambler with Kenny Rogers. Hold know, on a second, I Chief. The, I know the gambler, but what is the gambler? No, Gramblor. Gramblor. Right. Gramblor is a play off of the off of Gambler, which is a Simpsons reference from when Marge got addicted to gambling, and Homer said that that the the vile Gramblor or Gam- Gambler, a fictitious being, had its claws in her. Like, oh, she's addicted to gambling, so it has to I'm be act- a I'm malicious... actually a little disappointed in myself for not knowing this. <laughs> I'm so, disappointed in all of you for knowing this. I know. So as we... Says the guy who hasn't seen The Godfather. <laughs> oh, God, you're a New Yorker. Come on. Andrew, what are teams going to do to stop Jimmy Graham? Because nothing's working. So what? what what's, what's like the next... Attempt like they're, they're, if you're throwing shit at a wall and you're and you're the Bears, Andrew, you run the Bears defense, and you're like, I am not letting Jimmy Graham fucking catch seven for a buck twenty-five. And teams have not been able to do it. So what's a defense that you we might see to try to slow him down because he is just destroying worlds. Yeah, I mean he really is. You know, I, I think the, the challenge, I mean, he, you saw the Dolphins kind of do it for a quarter and a half, and, and look where that got him. I mean, literally Sproles was owning them <laughs> on every play. And so th- that's the beauty of this offense right now, and, the, and Drew Brees fi- firing on all cylinders. And the offense, despite the offensive line, despite the lack of a running game, still being able to put up 30 points on teams for two straight weeks. And the reason for it is you've got Sproles underneath, who linebackers cannot run with. If you double Jimmy Graham, you're basically leaving a linebacker on Sproles. And what happened? The, that's what happened in the first play for. Yep, and we saw we saw what what that does. Okay, so then you saw them start to double Sproles. Okay, you want to double Sproles? Fine. That single coverage on Jimmy Graham, we're gonna milk that all day. So then, what you saw in the second half was once they started focusing on those two players, Mal, um, Marcus Colston started to hurt them very badly down the seam. And that that's the thing about this offense is there's just too many weapons. And those three guys alone um, are enough to where Drew Brees can, if he, see, if he gets the matchup he wants, he's just going to milk it until you force him to go somewhere else. And then once you force him to go somewhere else, that means there's going to be something open because you're double teaming Graham or you're, you're putting your best cover guy on Sproles, which means the next best guy is on Colston instead. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough when when Drew Brees is is playing like that, um, when he's firing on all cylinders, um, the Saints' offense just simply can't be stopped. It doesn't matter if they can't run the ball. It doesn't matter if they're not blocking anyone. He just gets the ball out too fast, and the playmakers around him are just too good. Period. Kevin, it's it, awesome. It, the thing that's frightening about the Saints right now is that on defense, look, give credit. All the credit you want to to Rob Ryan. And by the way, tweet pictures of him out and about on town. The woman behind me was pumped up because last week at the Montleon Hotel, Rob Ryan was there. She got a picture with him, beer in hand. Nice. Tweet us the tweet the pictures out. We want to see them. Um, look, look. I mean, here's the thing about this defense, Ralph. I mean, and going back to Junior Gallette, I mean, we're just four assholes fucking talking. What do I know? You know, and and. I, I, I've told you before, my, I grew up with my dad, you know, coaching a football team, and I was I was a statistician for the team before I was old enough to play. And, um, you know, I, when, when I when I would watch, I mean, he was always preach, you know, mind your own business. Don't celebrate, you know, stick your plug, put your head down and, and plug away, you know. And so that was kind of the mentality that I was brought up with. But um, I feel like that was kind of the mentality of the defense last year. And now. Rob Ryan's I mean, maybe this is what this team needed. Maybe this team needed Junior Gillette being a brash asshole to everyone. Maybe this team needed Kenny Vaccaro on second and eighteen hitting a guy in the face mask just for the hell of it. Um, you know, because you know what? I mean, who, who am I? I mean, the, the defense is fourth in the NFL through four weeks and they still haven't given up twenty points. 
to four straight opponents. So, I mean, anyway, Junior Gillette, you know what? Do whatever the hell you want. If you guys keep holding teams under 20 points, yeah. you guys keep – if you stay in the top five in defense, I give I've, – I've changed my mind. I give Gillette full authority to tweet whoever he wants. <laughs> he can start with Jay Cutler this week and make yeah. fun of him for his disease. Um, <laughs> and – you know what? Rob Ryan's hair has got the magic. Obviously, I see it. there's a Twitter account out there with Rob Ryan's hair. You know, obviously that's got some magic too. Maybe we should make our opponents smell it. I don't know. Something's going on. I love it. Can, 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 can I can I get in real quick on, on this defense thing? Because I actually had one seemingly cogent point to make. Make it out of out of the first four games that I've observed. It always and and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but it has seemed to me that this defense has got gets stronger and better in the second half. Like the first quarter yeah. and a half, it's yep. always like, oh, fuck, what the, you know, like, oh, shit, is this going to be the game where the, the fucking defense gives up like 35 points and it's going to be some weird shootout? Oh, and, and oh, man, oh, God, I, I, you know, we ran out of too many fucking bodies. We ran out of too many bodies. And, and this whole slew. And then by the second quarter, by the second half, you're like, well, fuck, we are just in – we are in fucking regulate mode right now. <laughs> well, I, Kevin, they I think they, it. They, they, I think they, you know, takes them a little while to get warmed up. But once they're warmed up, I mean, I think, I think they, they're having a lot of fun out there. I mean, I yeah. think it's very obvious. I think the difference between the defense this year and and last year, just I think by the way they carry themselves and the way they look. I mean, I think these guys are really having a lot of fun. This it seems like, you know, I'm certainly enjoying it, of course. But I mean, it seems like they're they're really. Uh, they're really enjoying this 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 combination and, and what Rob Ryan has brought. Yeah, and you know what? A pass rush makes all the difference. And yeah. th- this goes out to all you fucking assholes <laughs> who are talking about Jabari Greer all off season. The dude can't cut it. He's not good anymore. He's too old. Well, guess what? You give that dude a pass rush, he's still a serviceable corner in the NFL. I believe you saw that last night. Keenan Lewis may not be a shutdown corner, but you give him a pass rush. And he holds Mike Wallace to three catches for 24 yards. Thank you very much. Well, so pass rush it, makes all the difference. Andrew, Andrew, this this comment that I'm going to make is going to make Patrick Robinson helps too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to make me sound really old, but I'm going to say it anyway. When the Saints uh, under Jim Mora, they signed Eric Allen and and Mark McMillan, who was like he was like the Darren Sproles of corners. He was like really tiny, and he came to the Saints. And he was fucking terrible because the Saints defense by that point didn't have a pass rush. So they got rid of him and he went to Kansas City and they had Derek Thomas and Neil Smith and a bunch of other guys. And the thing about Mark McMillan was the thing he was really good at one aspect. He could guess routes and he would jump them. So he was either getting a pick or he was getting burned. And that was okay when you had a fierce pass rush. And Andrew Jabari Greer reminds me like that. He knows now that the Saints have a pass rush, so he's like, fuck it, I'm jumping this route. I'm jumping that route. And that's what he's really good at. But if you ask him to cover for a long period of time, he's not that way. He's not Dion. So it plays to his strength. And explain to people like me and Kevin who just make the just make the jokes and, and, and that's what we're good at. Explain what just rushing for – allows you to do on your back end when you don't have to rush five and six and seven just sort of well it's it's simple math man you know you've got you've got seven guys in coverage if if you're dropping seven you've got 11 guys on the field so you know most of the time teams are going to have anywhere from five to six blockers um along the along the line and so you're hoping that your four pass rushers can beat five to six guys you know if you go max protect so um you know, obviously the, the odds are in your favor. If you got four guys that are beating five, then the quarterback doesn't have time to throw, and you've got more guys in coverage than they have receivers. So um, the, the odds are in your favor of being successful. So, um, but, but look, I mean, it all starts up front. I mean, it starts with first and ten. I mean, we've talked about this big chart of fun for a while. It starts with first and ten and trying to hold a team to three yards rushing or less on first down. Yep. You get them in second and seven, second and eight, second and nine, yep. then they have to start throwing the ball, and you know they're going to throw the ball. And what, and that, on top of that, you add the points that the Saints are able to score 
against Arizona, and then this week, this yesterday night against Miami, then Miami or Arizona has to start throwing every play. And yes, they've had some success running the ball, but they have to give that up because now they need yards and chunks. And so they're going to throw every play, and the Saints know they're throwing every play. So now it's just pin your ears back and rush the passer. Um, and when they, when the defense, we've seen it now enough times, when the defense knows it's coming, they are getting to the quarterback. They have done that consistently now for four weeks. The times where they have not been able to generate a pass rush and they haven't done as good of a job getting to the quarterback, which was kind of like the first half of this Miami game, was when they were very unsuccessful stopping the run and they weren't sure what was coming because it was second and four, second and three. Um, and the minute they started stopping the run or the score got so out of hand that Miami was throwing every play, um, it basically the game just turned right around and went right into the Saints. It fell right into the Saints' hands and what they do best. Dave, I know this is a broken record question, but I have to ask <laughs> it. Why the hell does Marcus Colston just yeah. not get any love at all? from the national media at all. I mean, I saw Sproles, I saw Graham, I saw Breeze, I saw the pass rush. And Colson caught seven for 96. I mean, doesn't he at least deserve one or two highlights on ESPN? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. Colston definitely uh, doesn't get that much attention from the national media despite continuing to put up 1,000-yard seasons. I mean, part of it is... Actually, I would say a lot of it is, I mean, Colston just never opens his mouth. I mean, like, Colston does nothing. I mean, like, I have, we have no idea what Colston does after he leaves the Superdome. Yeah, he, he's the anti-Junior Gallup. Yeah, we, need a, the, we, need, we need a pimp Colston uh, uh, parody tweet. I mean, he just, he just goes home, and then I just think he stays home until <laughs> it's time to go out to work. And then, like, I don't think he does anything, but... Stay at home or go to work. Do uh, we know for Do we know for a fact he doesn't sleep in the hyperbaric chamber when he's not? He in could. It? He probably. I was going to say I, that. I do envision him doing that as well. I do envision him. <laughs> he probably night. he probably does. And the, the thing is, like Colston, he looks even slower than he's ever looked to me, and he's still getting open and he's still catching passes. And I'm I'm looking at him. I'm like. Damn, he never was fast, but he even looks slower than normal. And he's son of a bitch if he's not still getting open for ten targets every week. Yeah, I mean he's just so he's so damn reliable. I mean, I, you know we're really gonna miss him when he's gone. I, I can't even think of the day really. Um, but uh, he's just a great wide receiver, and he 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 really treats treats it like a job. I mean, he, whenever he's injured, he's always pretty quick to come back and he, he always, uh, is willing to take a hit, uh, to make a catch. He, he, like I said, he's, he probably sleeps in a hyperbaric chamber. He's just, you know, he treats it really like a job and he's awesome at his job. Mm. All right. Now we're going to go, Wait, by the way, uh, Rob Ryan was at Miss Mays again last night. I know somebody who has a picture with him. Nice. Of course he was. With, he was. He was with his wife apparently. Did he yeah. did he order rounds of Rolling Rock again? I don't. I would imagine he probably did, but I'm not sure. But the person I know has a picture with him, and he's he's given the uh, well. First of all, his hair is just like lighting up the room, and he's giving like uh, like that Hawaiian <laughs> thing, the hand signal with the pinky and the thumb. He's such a cool dude. Kevin, if what the wife look like. <laughs> I there was no picture of the wife. Kevin asked the oh. important question. Do you think Graham right. has a? Does he have a foot fetish too? I don't know. I, <laughs> I think. I, let me tell you something. I think Rob Ryan is actually weirder than Rex, and so Christ only knows what sort of weird stuff Rob does. <laughs> and you know what? It's none of my business. It's none of my business. I don't care what Rob does. If Rob, if Rob likes to fucking you know wear diapers around the house, I don't care. <laughs> just fucking be amped up on the sideline on Sundays or Mondays and, uh, you know, train I, your guys I, to kill. I think the picture of Rob Ryan in a diaper trumps Kenny Stills in a dress. Oh, definitely. But Kevin. Um, and there's the and there's the hand wash. Well, actually, no, I'm washing my dishes. I, I just ate a pizza. I'm surprised you guys couldn't hear me chewing. <laughs> Kevin, if the Saints finish in the top. Seven on defense. 
Um, what are the odds in Vegas that Rob Ryan is a head coach in 2014 somewhere? God, man, don't I don't want to think about that. Um, what are the oh fuck? I mean, he's gonna get offers. Because, let's face it, fucking Tampa's going to shit-can Shiano. No, he can't go to Tampa. I don't want to root against him. I want to root for him. Exactly. Well, I know him, but I'm just, ta- I'm just telling you you're, I'm just telling you what's off the top of my fucking head. Tampa's probably going to f- shit-can Shiano before the season's out. Uh, if the Panthers don't do, don't do much of anything, like if they fucking, you know, if they don't even finish strong or anything, I could see them dumping uh, Ron Rivera. And I keep wanting to call him Rick or or Rex Rivera or some other like he's so he's he's had such a non-impact as a coach that his name is fucking interchangeable. You could just make up a name and it would sound like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Um, fuck, who else are we looking at? Well, Arizona. Well, no, he's new. I, don't I, could, Ryan, I don't even know if Rob Ryan wants to be a head coach. I mean, who says he oh. even? I don't know if he's uh, interested if fucking, in being a head coach. If Houston fucking bottoms out again, I could I could finally see Houston getting tired and getting rid of Kubiak. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? I don't, I don't the Jacksonville. The Giants would never hire him. No. The Jets wouldn't. The Jets couldn't. Oh no! Oh no way. Um, oh, the God, Steelers won't fire Tomlin, even though they're a disaster. Yeah, but that's not Tomlin's fault. Yeah, but so it's it's limited. It's, you're right. It's it's limited. This this because this year was like a this year they had a shit ton of firings, so we might not have a big Black Monday this year. But I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, if the Saints go from the worst defense in the history of ever to like set which Andrew, if this pass rush stays at this level, they're going to be a top ten defense. But if it, it they've played four teams that let's be honest have horrible offensive lines. If this pass rush is is seventy percent of what we've seen the first month, what's the ceiling for this defense? Well, I I think I don't think they're going to be top five when the season's all said and done. I mean, I, maybe the ceiling's top five, but I don't think they can sustain this kind of performance. I think the ceiling is probably top ten, um, the back end of the top ten, maybe eight or nine or ten. Um, but I think the ceiling, with with as good as Junior Galletta is, if he can stay healthy, if Cameron Jordan, who's playing at an insanely high level, if he can continue to play like this, um, the turnovers are going to continue to happen. And if the continue, if the turnovers continue to happen, then where? I mean, we we saw 2009. Look, that team was what 25th defensively. So it doesn't really matter where they fall. If they keep getting turnovers and sacks, um, they can give up all the yardage they want. Um, so. Well, what I mean, I guess, I guess that's a that's a bad. I, I guess when I say like top ten defense, I mean like could they finish in the top ten in sacks and the top ten in turnovers? And, I think and, so. I think so. I don't think this is the kind of defense like the Baltimore Ravens of of the last decade could, where could they they're be, shutting people down. Like people can't run the ball on them. They can't. Can they the finish football. in the top half in third down stops? Absolutely, they, absolutely. You know, because 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 the thing is, when they start playing these rookie quarterbacks, they're gonna have what. I think uh, Angry Hudat termed it last year as empty calories, which is, yeah, that you know they'll have they'll they're gonna have a game where you're gonna look at it and they're gonna be like, oh, the Saints give up 380 yards, and then in the second breath you're gonna go, I don't give a shit. They scored 42 and won 42 to 24, and so and so threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you know. So mm-hmm. that's that. You're right. That that might preclude them from being in the top 10. But I was talking. I guess I was talking about like key, key. Key metrics, not just yards. Yeah, no, I think the sky's the limit. I, I loved the there was a coverage that they had where literally it was like third and twenty, and there was literally six guys twenty yards off the line of scrimmage lined up in a line, and, and they, they rushed like two down linemen, and then they had it was basically like five safeties across the field. It was like a rugby formation, and uh, I just love that these formations, these outside the box. Um, things that Rob Ryan is throwing out there. And he's not just pulling this out of his ass. They've obviously practiced it if they're running it on the field. So um, he, he's got stuff in his bag of tricks that we never even came close to seeing with Spag. So it's really cool. But I, I, I don't think it's too – I mean, look, look, the Saints are I – mean, the, the caveat I'm, – I'm not even going to say it, but we know what the caveat is where this whole season blows up in our face. I'm not even going to go there. But assuming that doesn't happen um, – Right now, we're the team is 
Carolina's one and two coming off a bye. Atlanta's all the way down to one and three already. So two, so three games behind the Saints and the tiebreaker, and the Bucks are done. So I mean, at this point, unless Carolina comes with a with a nice run or the Falcons just completely turn it around, I think we have to start thinking already that the NFC South is is kind of close to in the bag. Well, I mean, it would take a, a pretty big collapse by the Saints at this point. I mean, there's only 12 games left. So well, only 12 I, I mean, games left. Well, I, I'm just saying it's this isn't. <laughs> I'm just saying this isn't Major League Baseball, and it's not the NBA. You know, 12 yeah, games is. I mean, they're were, they're already down three with 12 to go. That's if, yeah. If you were if you were up three with 12 to go in baseball, you'd be like, that's like an epic collapse. But but yeah. Dave, I guess there I was thinking three quarters of the season left. Yeah, but we got this. But I but I but I, Dave, it's it's kind of true because what's the worst if if number nine is under center? I would say the absolute Who the, hell the worst case happen? scenario is going to be seven and five the rest of the way, and that puts them at eleven. And Atlanta's not going ten and three the Who rest of the way. Two seven? the rest of the way. You have no idea what's around the corner. You have no idea what the hell is happening. We don't, but it, it's fun to to think in the future. And, no, but the, the, where where I'm going with this, where I'm going with this, is we saw. The Saints, we, we've seen the Saints offensive line. We've seen him perform on the road against Tampa, and it wasn't pretty. And we've seen him three times at home, and it wasn't that pretty either, but the team was able to play well despite it. Well, um, So I, I just know watching this team and what I've seen so far, it's going to be very hard for this team to go into Seattle, to go into well, Chicago and win playoff games once we're talking – January. Well, um, and so because of that, my, my point is they've got to collect as many of these wins as possible because they already need to be thinking by and home field advantage. Well, that we're going to get to because the next two weeks, Andrew, we're going to prove it out because Chicago's a tough team. And then Bill Belichick, he'll he's good at taking away what you want to do and forcing you to play the way you don't want to play. Well, those, so, those games are going to be tough, but they're t- they're tough now. But they're yeah, gonna be no, they're tough in I, January. Well, before we get to Chicago, um, I need to bring in the resident lunatic, which is held, and I need to have I'm going to ask you for a ruling. Um, I've never seen this at a Saints game before. We had two incidents. We had a, we had a woman knitting. <laughs> a Dolphins fan. Yeah, that's that's almost I can understand that. The thing that I had never seen is in my section 641, they had a couple, and they were doing some heavy PDA. I mean. I'm talking grinding, petting, petting, hand in the pants, hand in the oh. shirt. He was like 55, and she was like 25 tops. My wife was – because of the Dolphins getting hammered and seeing the, the PDA in Section 641, my wife was going insane. And I was like, I don't know. Is it okay to just like – Get freaky with your significant other at the Saints game in front of seventy thousand people. Uh, were they an attractive couple? No, no. Yeah, then I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that's a negative Ghost Rider. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, let, let me tell you something. As as a man who once sat up in the nosebleeds. I mean, I had to ask to be sure, but I've sat up in the nosebleeds before, and and the 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 pickings in terms of females are somewhat slim, and most of the time the guys are not exactly uh, pleasant to look at either. So you're not gonna get you're not gonna get positive matchups. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, hey, look, it's a free country. If you want to do that, go right ahead, but. Uh, if if you start getting heckled for being hideous and and people start trying to comment and uh, call out your technique, you can't get pissed. Because that's probably what I would start doing. Is I if I had a couple in me, I would probably start calling out the technique. Andrew, PDA at the Saints game. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming if he's 55 and she's 25 or less, I'm assuming there's at least. Uh, 50% chance of call girl type deal. This and... is not a call girl. No. Oh. No, no, no. No. Why is she well, 
So how do you know she was 25 then? You could just tell that she was a 25-year-old unattractive girl. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, um, if she if she was a if she was a call girl, she was the worst prepared call girl I've ever seen. Look, I, I've I've said this for a long time. The NFL NFL games are not a family-friendly atmosphere. They're just they're not. not. They're, they're not. not. You know, if you want a family-friendly atmosphere, you go to an NBA game. You know, go see the Pelicans on a Tuesday night, you know, when they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks. And maybe you'll catch a shirt. Maybe you'll catch a mini basketball. Have a good time with your kids. Go the to NFL, a hockey game. Yeah. The NFL is not family friendly, especially not in New Orleans <laughs> on a Monday night. Um, and, and all bets are off, man. I mean, you've seen what some of these fans dress up as. So, um, you know, I think if your wife was disgusted, she's absolutely correct and right to feel that way. Well, it wasn't like um, it wasn't because of the family atmosphere. It was just like. God, there's there's 70,000 people here. Come on, get a dark corner or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like Monday Night Football in the yes. Dome, the Saints are 4-0. I mean, all bets are off, man. People are yeah, just, I mean, you know, I they're mean, looking to have a good time. Yeah. I mean, look, here. I mean, here's 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 the deal. If if the Saints are rolling, look, if I'm in the Dome and the Saints are rolling, I may definitely grab a piece rolling. of my spe- of my uh, of my special lady's ass. Uh, I, I might, I might, uh, especially, especially if you're 55 and she's 25. Yeah. Well, hell, especially if she looks like, uh, those pictures of that at 55 held with all his wrestling thing, he'll be lucky to be able to get up the stairs to his seat at the dome. Is there any uh, chance that the 25 year old was the same as the woman knitting? (laughs) No, no, actually, actually in my mind, in my mind, the, the 25 year old is the woman from those uh, pictures a couple of years ago. Uh, of the woman uh, where you were seeing the underboob. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. The total smoke show. <laughs> Dave, have you ever would, – would Can you, we talk about the knitting? Done PBA with more than 50 people in the Wait, general what? vicinity? Would I? Would have you? Would you or have you? D- Dave's got no action in college. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, not like heavy petting or anything like that. I mean, would I like hold a hand or give a smooch? Sure, but I'm hold not going to Hold a hand? <laughs> but I'm not going to like make out. No. no. But they, I'm saying I would make out. I'm not going to grow. I'm saying, I'm saying I would make out. If the drinks were flowing, the, the positive vibe was there, the, you know, fucking Drew Brees throws another touchdown to Jimmy Graham. I'm definitely grabbing my lady. And like hauling her in and being like, you are making out with me. And we're just, you know, making out for a short time. It's not like I'm in a motorboat or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why not? No, no, no. But I'm just saying I'm making out. I'm going to enjoy this. And then, uh, get, get and, you know. Get a couch in the bunker club. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm going to, you know, I just watched Drew Brees score. I'm prepping for my own later in the evening. <laughs> I mean, this you know, so- you know, this is all coming full circle, and I'm starting to see this pretty clearly now that Dave is like the Marcus Colston of of the Saints fan, or or the knitting lady Saints fan, where you know he he's gonna root for the team and he's gonna have a good time at the game, but he's gonna play it safe. And Kevin, on the other hand, is like the 55 year old fan. Making out with his 25-year-old girlfriend, or the Junior Galette version yes. of a Saints fan. Yes. Not holding back. You no. know, I I didn't knit at a Saints game, but during the Ditka years, there was one, there was one game. I used to bring the paper with me. <laughs> I read, the, I read the Sunday, uh, the Sunday living section in the fourth. Oof. Just because they were getting – I forget who it was. They were just getting dump trucked, and I was like, god damn it. And I just took the living section out and read it cover to cover. Dude, but and, this was a 3-0 and versus 3-0, and and that knitting picture made its way on in the internet in the first quarter, man. Come yeah. on. I can picture I can picture Ralph just like, <laughs> ah, fucking ditch. God damn it. Oh, look, Hager the Horrible. That's exactly right. <laughs> Angus Lee, what you got to say today? <laughs> Ooh, what's do, what sort of what sort of cromulent wit is Doonesbury dropping on us today? Oh, um, we're gonna try to steer this back to football. Dave, uh, 
Um, we have we have a, we have one more non-football topic that Andrew invented, and we're gonna get to it. I think I know what what a- Andrew knows what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Uh, oh boy. Um, I, you know what? Before we get to Chicago, I want to do that. Andrew came up with last week Twitter? the worst yeah. Twitterer yeah. of the week. Yeah. And <laughs> Andrew, I think you know who the inaugural winner is gonna be. Oh, it was it was by a landslide. I mean, he 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 started strong. He stayed furious. You know, Junior Gallet, <laughs> he he made him gave him a run for his money here in the last 24 hours. But uh, no, it's got to be Chapatula Smurf. Um, just kind of coming up with uh, with the goods early in the week <laughs> and kind of laying it heavy on all the Saints fans. And uh, of course, he lives in Atlanta. Have you guys seen his rap video on YouTube? Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, once I watched his rap video, I mean, it. it I just can't believe that Dave would allow some something like that to write for Canal Street Chronicles. It's pretty disappointing. <sighs> really? See, here's he, the, he, he, he has a label. Like he has a record label. I mean, I'm sure I'm it's not, just his homemade thing. But well, here's the thing. I'm not even really like the bad rap. That's fine. My thing that makes him the worst Twitterer of the week is because he did things on Twitter that just drive me bonkers. Okay, one. When you tweet, if you go back and delete everything, that means you're an ass. Oh, he did that? You can't if you if you if you're gonna go I can understand like when I delete Andrew when I uh when I post Andrew's grades and instead of posting the grades, it's a Mexican off road race <laughs> by accident. And I this is tweet. this has actually happened. That's actually happened. <laughs> That's okay, cause I'm like I want to keep people Andrew's grades, and I delete I tweeted out a Mexican road race, um, <laughs> but that's okay. But like if you're gonna get in a Twitter spat with somebody and then you're gonna go back and delete all of it, that's not cool, cause that cause one, you obviously think it's you know you're not proud of it, and two, you can't be storyfied, which I wanted to do, and have a link to it so people could read it, um. And the second thing he did, Kevin, that drove me bonkers was he did the whole thing where, like, he's fighting with Angry Houdat, and he's like, this conversation ain't none of your business. What are you doing? I'm like, it's Twitter. It's a tweet. If I want to jump in and make fun of you, I can. It's not like you're having a private conversation with your wife in your house. If you don't want people to respond to your tweets, make them private. Yeah, or, or direct message. Or direct message. So that was what made it the worst tweet, the worst tweeter of the week. Uh, Kevin, did you? I think you saw a little bit of it. Yeah, I, I saw the thing you're referring to, and I and I just I saw all of it. I, I well, you know, I don't uh, I don't check Twitter enough, I guess, and I, I I don't look at everything that everybody I follow tweets. I guess. That's my only excuse. Um, suck at Twitter. Yeah, I, I, yep, I really, yeah, I totally suck at Twitter. I yeah, nothing, and the thing I is, no like, comeback. you, if you're gonna rumble with the angry Hudat, you gotta bring, <laughs> you gotta bring it, because he is really good at twisting people into knots. And you gotta bring, you gotta bring your flak jacket too. You gotta bring the flak jacket, and you gotta be, you gotta be good, and you know. Well, he's also got the army of about seven or eight different accounts that'll jump down your throat with him. So, yeah, you, know, you got to be prepared for that too. Well, yeah, that that's true, but that that's the thing. Like, you got to know that you got to like bring it. You know, um, you know, if you're gonna tangle with the angry Huda, it's not gonna be like Alec Baldwin when he got owned by like a twelve year old. <laughs> um, it's not gonna happen. But, um. Andrew, do you have anything else to add to the worst Twitter of the week? I mean, it's just gonna—it's gonna be tough to top. I'm excited for this week, um, a week full of more awful tweeting, um, and apparently, apparently, uh, Chapatula Smurf has taken himself out of the running for uh, this week because he now has a protected account, uh, which I can't view. So. Um, unfortunately, it looks like we'll uh, we'll have a new. Winner well, no, you can't—you can't win more than once a month. Because uh, I think he, I think he would be an overwhelming favorite to win more than once a month if he was still tweeting. But. Because then the people, I think people, I worry that people will be like, yeah, I'll get pub, I'll get, I'll get that, uh, that social buzz, Andrew, while you're cornballing over there on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Cornballing with my bowl cut. 
Yeah, exactly, you mathematician. <laughs> um, Dave, now yes, we're sir. getting back yes, to now I'm we're getting here. back to I'm football. Here. Okay, football. Uh, yeah. Chicago is pretty much a house of horrors for Drew Brees and Sean Payton. <laughs> um, and that's not th- true. They've gotten a, a, a win or two in Chicago. No, I did. I don't believe they have. They beat the Bears. Yeah, that, that, that game, wasn't there that game where Pierre Thomas, like, blew up? No, they lost in overtime. They lost that game. Oh, they lost in overtime when, when uh, Roman Harper tackled someone in the I end. I do remember in the Ditka years, oh. the Saints actually won in Chicago. Jindal Hill, baby, 80 yards. With, with, with Heath Schuler at starting quarterback. Yes. Yes. This actually happened. It actually happened. It was a – that was a TNT. Well, we were talking about the Peyton era. Yes, that's never happened. All right, well. But okay. but Dave, well, um, big game in Chicago. Uh, big game. Big game. Uh, I mean, tell me what your like your your thoughts on it and your I guess your just initial thoughts on Chicago because I didn't get a blogger to discuss them. <laughs> so so I'm an adequate fill-in. You are. <laughs> you are. I really honestly I don't feel like I know too much about uh, Chicago other than Matt Forte, Tulane alum, and uh, and Jay Cutler. Um, I mean, I know their defense is pretty good, pretty good in fantasy football anyway. You know uh, about the Cutler, right? I know about the, yeah, I know all about that. What about smoking Jay Cutler? Is that still a thing too? Are we still doing that? We <laughs> no, but my wife makes diabetes. She's going to make, it'll be three hours of diabetes jokes from my <laughs> Hard candy, needles, check check your blood sugar. It's gonna be three it's gonna be three hours plus of, of Wilfred Brimley. She's gonna have it all. I mean that's what Junior Gallette needs oh, to do huh? next. I mean that's how he takes it to the next level. I've got the diabetes. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's diabetes. <laughs> you got it's 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 not it's not ease, it's us. I've heard I I'm I as a as a ardent fan of Wilfred Brimley. It took no time to get back off track. <laughs> <laughs> like well, like Jude said earlier, we're four assholes on a podcast. We are, but you know what? We're cranking like fourteen thousand uh, downloads, and Mr. Juge has secured a sponsor, which will debut next week, which we are very excited about. But don't that what? doesn't mean that doesn't mean not to donate. Because if you want to hear Kevin wash his hands, and you want to hear Dave not sounding like he's talking out of a hole, we still need cash. So go to this site, do uh, PayPal. And thanks to Jan, she donated $3.25. Jan, awesome. Uh, Thank you, Jan. Wait, do you know for sure that it's not Jan? Uh, it might it might be, but it's she's on Twitter. She's at, Jan, she's at Jan like 775 something. And she's what a real that? person, so it was a it was a girl picture. So all I'm, right, I'm gonna go on a limb and say it was a girl. Sweet. So we have female fans. We do. So I'm just saying, just donate, but we'll we'll have the sponsor. Um, Kevin, uh, you used to have, if I remember right, a deep deep hatred of Chicago and the whole NFC Championship, the snowballs. Uh, am I just is my memory getting bad, or do you have sort of a deep? It wasn't snow. It wasn't snowballs. It was that fucking shithead sign about Katrina uh, yeah and then and oh yeah and then the other thing is and this goes against my former employer who I actually can talk about because they are my former employer and my former boss not supervisor the supervisor is a very nice guy he's he's still a happy-go-lucky fella I have nothing bad to say about him I'm talking the boss the guy that ran the newsroom at the time of this horse shit <laughs> Actually, you know what? He might not have been in charge at the time, but he was one of the fuckers that came up. Oh, yeah, this is the fucking Steelers fan. The guy who was ne- – he was not born in the state of fucking Pennsylvania. He wasn't born in Ohio. He wasn't born in West Virginia. He was born nowhere near Pittsburgh, PA. He didn't fucking live in Pittsburgh. He didn't spend summers with his grandparents in Pittsburgh. He didn't go to fucking college there. Nothing. Yet, lo and fucking behold, he became a fan of the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. This fucking, <laughs> this fucking sack of shit. He became a fan of the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers, and every chance he would get, 
He would talk them up in the morning news meetings and run down the Saints every chance he got. So when the Saints fucking go to the NFC Championship game, what does he do? He gets the whole fucking station to start promoting these segments called Black and Gold to the Super Bowl. And I was in absolute shambles about this going into the game. I was like, how, how, it has, did nobody say anything? Did nobody say, this doesn't make sense? Why are we doing this? Why are we tempting fate? What is wrong? That this is, this is a huge mistake. We shouldn't be doing this. Wait until, wait until if we win the game, we roll it out. This was, oh, and then the game happens. And I'm in my bar, I'm in the bar that I'm at watching the game. And after it got, after it started to get out of hand, I called my fucking supervisor and I started to blow a fucking gasket. And you know what he did? He actually did us both a favor. He hung up after about 10 seconds of me rambling. (laughs) He just flat out click. And I just looked at my phone and I couldn't even get angry because right at that time, Billy fucking Cundiff missed a field goal. And I was just like, well, fuck me sideways. I'm not even calling him again. This is just, this is, this is awful. A pox on the bears, a pox on a pox on uh, not fucking running the ball enough, a pox on Fred Thomas, a pox on the fucking uh, Rex boss Grossman. and a pox. Yeah, a pox on Rex Grossman, fucking a pox on uh, my, my my old boss who fucking delighted. He was thrilled that the Saints fucking lost that NFC championship game. Thrilled. He was thrilled that that fucking happened. Thrilled. I mean, he was wallowing in it like a pig in shit. Okay? <laughs> and guess what? The fucking Pittsburgh Steelers are 0-4. They're 0-4. Kevin, what would make this – what what could possibly make this se- – the, the regular season more delightful for you personally – me personally. Okay, let's see. Let me pull up, fucking pull up the schedule again because I had the schedule pulled up. Where is it? There we go. Season schedule. Okay. Well, let's see. They got to fucking beat the Bears in, in Chicago, obviously. That's important. I don't care how they do it. They got to beat the Patriots in New England because I love nothing more than seeing than seeing, reading, hearing Bill Simmons get all exasperated over the fucking Patriots losing. And actually, you know, it would be the best, the best, if Brady doesn't get a touchdown in that game. If that's the game <laughs> in New England, in New England, oh, if that's the fucking gracious. game, if if I tell you what, you know what would be great if we could just somehow get our hands on uh, Bernard Pollard for like one week. Yeah, that would be great. Just just have him sit on the bench and dress. And that's it. And just have him look like he's coming in. Tom Brady would fucking faint before he even got in formation, and that would be great. Something like that. I'm not rude. I, I will never root for anybody to get injured. I don't want that. I never will root for that. That's not cool. But I want Tom Brady to get his fucking chest caved in. I don't want him to die. I don't want him to get carted off. I don't want him to miss a play. I just want his chest to get caved in. There's got to be some sort of way for that. Uh, let's see. I want him to get like the shit kicked out of him and then have him melt down on the sideline at the receivers. That's what yes. Yes. But the 49ers, the 49, I mean, I mean, good Lord, this is fishing. I mean, this whole schedule is fishing a barrel for me. It's the, it's the bears. It's the Patriots. It's the Cowboys. It's the Niners. And then, oh yeah, four days later, got to go to Atlanta for the fucking Thursday night game. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) And then, oh, yeah, yeah, because we can't fucking have a bye week between those. You know, you can't give a team a bye week. No, they got to fucking get only four days. Fuck off with that, man. And then the fucking Seahawks. All of that shit. All of that shit right there. I would say, oh, it'd be nice to get, it'd be nice to fucking beat Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl or something. They ain't fucking sniffing a Super Bowl. That whole fucking team, it's coming down like the walls of Jericho, and I'm the motherfucker blowing the trumpet at it. So fuck off. That's what I'm doing. Actually, you know what would be great in the Super Bowl? What would be great in the Super Bowl? And again, I'm talking out of my ass. This is me being very presumptive, which I normally am not. 
I'm just like, no. let's just get yeah. to the post. No, sir. No, I am. Yeah, just get to the fucking postseason. I am. I am. I am that guy to a T. Just get to the postseason. Just get to the postseason. If they fucking got the Denver Broncos and they fucking did it to Peyton Manning again, if they just did it to him again like that, the same fucking way. If it was Vaccaro fucking pulling a uh, a fucking a fucking legend killer move, that would just be the greatest. That would be the greatest. Because then I got to fucking – because you know what? I would just lose my mind again because you know people would suddenly – would it would all go back to – man, Peyton Manning might be the greatest of all. He might be the greatest quarterback to play the game, greatest quarterback. He went – he would have gone one and three, one and two in Super Bowls, and the same fucking team with the same fucking quarterback would have done him in twice. And, yet, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that guy won't get any fucking mention about being a GOAT about any MVP votes. Nope, it won't be anything. You know why? And you know, the sad fucking thing is Peyton Manning is on pace for 64 fucking touchdowns and 5,800 yards. I know he's not going to fucking hit it, but he's going to, I mean, he's already, he's already got the fucking MVP thing sewn up. He's already got the MVP is, sewn up. Drew, very similar to 2009, is it not? It Didn't Peyton Manning win yeah. the MVP the year in 2009? Yeah, it yeah, was. I thought it was Aaron Rodgers. No, that's that was. 11. Oh, that was eleven. That was eleven. Jesus yeah. Christ! I mean, that's uh, that's you know. These seasons are unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Together. It's unbelievable. They get they get the MVP, and yet every time they show these Chirons, every time they show these Chirons during the game, well, if you go back to two thousand six when Sean Payton and Drew Brees got together. Drew Brees is leading in like nine categories since then. What do you know? And I'm like, then give him a fucking award. Give him an award. Oh, he's won the FedEx Player of the Week. Yay. No, I want the fucking MVP award. I want the Offensive Player of the Year. I want fucking something like that for Drew Brees. That's what That's what I want. And Colston to the I Pro want. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, Colston to the Pro Bowl. Jimmy Graham to get a contract, Pittsburgh to remain in the shitter, Dallas's fucking uh, monstrosity of a dome to fall. I want that fucking monitor to just fall on the field like the fucking Vikings dome caved in on itself. I want the fucking Patriots to be irrelevant. I, I would say something bad about the Falcons, but we already know they're fucking irrelevant anyway. <laughs> you know, this rant, we need to, Andrew, we need That's to- what I want. We need to get a sponsor for Held's rants. <laughs> I don't know who it would be. This rant was brought to you by. It was. It, it, it started about. It started about why he hates Chicago, and it ended with the scoreboard and Jerry World falling. And I also managed to napalm New England yeah. and Pittsburgh and Denver and Atlanta and that and yeah. Yeah. All right, we, I, I like. I like spraying. You do. We gotta. We gotta get to this Bears game, Dave. Before you give me a prediction, I want to give a shout-out and a humble brag for myself. I picked the score exactly fucking right in my column Fuck for like you, the first I did. time ever. I did. I called, it, I called the score all week. I said 38-17 all fucking week. Well, do, do you, you, ha- you took it from me, you dick. I probably did, but I'm taking the credit anyway. <laughs> it's there. I want the credit, goddammit, because I get all these hateful emails no, went, you definitely did because I remember reading your column and seeing th- Saints 38-17 and thinking, huh, I wonder where he got that uh, score from. Whatever. We're both right then. We can hold hands and kumbaya. Okay. That sounds good. So, Dave, give me a prediction on the score and give me uh, who your new BFF is going to be uh, next Monday. The new BFF? Um... Well, score prediction. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go 38, like they had this week. Nice. Um, that many. I'm wow. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 27, Chicago. Ooh, though. that's a lot of points. Oh god, that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, they'll still get the win. I think they're still gonna roll. Um, <clears throat> and uh, my new uh, my new BFF, best friends forever. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Kenny Stills. Finally, finally, we're gonna see uh, he's gonna finally he's gonna get in the end zone. He's gonna have a hundred plus yards and a touchdown. All right, Andrew, your turn. Go. Your who? What's the score gonna be? And who's gonna, who's gonna be your new BFF? Well, my, my my main thing over these these next two weeks is a tough run right before the bye week, and I just really want the Saints to split. 
selfishly, I, I mean, I'd prefer the Chicago win uh, because then it's an NFC win. The AFC loss at New England is not as uh, not as important of a game just because you're not in direct competition with them for a seeding maybe down the road. Um, but uh, so I, if I got to pick between the two, I want them to win the Chicago game, but I'm really just really wanting them to split these two. I mean, obviously if they win both, that's amazing, but five and one going in the bye week would be amazing. I just have a feeling they're going to drop this one uh, because of the short week. Traditionally they haven't done well in Chicago and I do think they're going to come back and look good against New England and bounce back. But this week, I think the Saints will lose their first game. Chicago's coming off a loss in Detroit, um, you know, so they're going to want to. So I, I'm actually I'm going to pick Chicago, 24-21, close game, um, and I hope I'm wrong. Well, all right. Well, then if who's if you can't have a BFF if the Saints lose, so who's going to be the goat of the week? <laughs> um, Garrett Hartley. Jesus, God. Yeah, it's going to be one of those games. Kevin? Uh, everything, as I've said before, and I'll probably say again uh, for many years to come, everything Jude said makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, I understand his, to- his reasoning is perfectly sound. I agree with – I basically agree with everything he's saying. And now I'm going to take a dump on him. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I'm just I, – I, no, I'm not going to take a dump. I'm just going to pee on your shoe. Um <laughs> I'm basically just going to just throw all that shit out the window and just pick the Saints to win anyway because I'm a fucking idiot. And I'm just, you know, that's that's just the way I'm operating on these things. I've got to pick the Saints to win. Um, so I'll go – I don't think it's going to be too fucking cold. So I will go 27-20 Saints, and I will – uh, I've been on I've been on the Stills bandwagon already as it is. So now that uh, Dave hopped on, I can hop off because the weight will stay the same. So <laughs> I can now no 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 it's okay it's okay. I can I can now uh, jump on the uh, Kyrie Robinson uh, bandwagon and hope that he gets more touches and hopefully a score. So I think that would be nice. I'm gonna go Saints thirty five. Bears 21, and my new BFF is going to be uh, Curtis Lofton because he's going to have a pick six against Cutler. And you guys really think we're going to score that many points on the road? I mean, I, I, mean, I think sounds amazing. I hope we if do. If the weather's good, Detroit dropped 40 on them. I mean, I in, a in a dome. In a dome, but if the, the weather in Chicago, it should be nice, right? It's the first week of October. It shouldn't be like you know. Yeah, I don't think the weather's going to be an issue. It's going to be, be it's, it's going to be like perfect football. They'll probably be like in the 50s, 60s. I mean, yeah. so I mean, we'll see. Ready. We'll see though, Andrew, because because like you say, the offensive line has been has been borderline dog shit on the road. So I mean, it's been borderline dog shit at home. <laughs> so on that note, go to Canal Street Chronicles. Uh, do the game prediction threads uh, and follow all of us on Twitter because. If you're not on Twitter during the game, what the fuck are you doing? And read my power rankings. That's right, goddammit. Held them. That's, I can't believe that's not a joke anymore. He actually did a power ranking. He did. He did. I've done two. Two of them. Wow. So, wow. So, for Andrew, and go to go to Saints Nation and read the grades, for God's sakes. And uh, ignore my tweets of Mexican auto races. <laughs> So, for Andrew, for Kevin, for Dave, I'm Ralph Mulbro. Uh Until next week, be safe. Chapatulas, Smurf.